wheels make me wanna shout. Kick your heels up and shout. Welcome back, listeners, to another exciting episode of Bills and Beers, the Buffalo Bills preview podcast. Here from the Bills backers of Chicago, Illinois. I'm Lars. We got the full house here this evening. Probably the last time we'll have the entire crew together for a regular season podcast. Hey! Sujit, the president of the Bills backers, is here tonight. I said hey! Bill Belcher also with them. And us. Can you hear me? And the lovely Miss Cassie Hutton here as well. Happy holidays. And we will probably be departing. Uh, we did not watch the game. Cass and Suge were together. Uh, Bill was at the game. I was watching from the comfort of my couch on Sunday. But China. We'll, we'll probably Vaginal. be uh, going our separate ways for this Sunday and probably still be there for the for the Patriots game. So, like I said, we are done watching regular season games together and we might be watching a postseason game together though we'll have to wait and see we have a really exciting game against the green bay packers to talk about and then a not so exciting game but a very important game against the oakland raiders coming up billsandbeers.com best way to find us tell your friends tell your neighbors tell your relatives tell everybody you know in bills nation how you found our podcast and you guys are excited i'm excited everybody in bills nation is really excited right now because this is the best team in 10 years tell your mama and I think this is the first time we can say uh, confidently this season and probably in the entire six years of Bills and Beers that I think we can look forward to beating our opponent's ass this Sunday. And I can't wait to talk about it. Hey, yo! Hey, hey, hey. Let's go, Buffalo! Let's go, Buffalo! Let's go, Buffalo! So arguably the best win for the Buffalo Bills in the last 10 years this past Sunday against the Green Bay Packers, a team many people everywhere were calling the best team in the NFL, and we took away the best part of their game, that being the greatest quarterback of all time, Aaron Rodgers. And Bill, you were there to see it in person. Now, I know that you like to insist there were a lot of Packers fans, but from the TV it sure sounded like it was going crazy at the Ralph for the Bills as well. But tell us a little bit about what you saw. Tell us about the atmosphere. Tell us about what the players were doing. You were down on the field before the game, so tell us everything. I'll tell you one of the things that I saw. I was uh, got a chance to be whoa. I got a chance to be on the field before the game. Uh, was you know a foot away from Sammy Watkins, a uh, foot away from Clay Matthews. I mean. Freddie, I got a little shout out from Freddie. Marcus Easley gave me a what's up. Did you uh, tell him to subscribe on iTunes? Marquise, Mar- Marquise you know, got him to say what's up. Um, I think the most striking thing to me was how huge Marcus Easley is. Yeah. I mean, holy shit, man. That guy is not only tall, but like he's so thick. It's unbelievable. Like that guy's physique is just unreal. Which is why we thought he was going to be a dominant wide receiver. Yeah. He's not. He is, however, he a made, dominant special. And he made he what, what he made a real good play. At least he made one. what what essentially set up the game winner. He's the one who stopped them on the kick return inside the five yard line or whatever. And well, you take there it. You go. The, the I mean, rest I gave him. We I know gave what him, happened. I gave him the pep talk. So what can I say? Okay. Um, I also shook Jim Kelly's hand. Shook Mary Wilson's hand. Told her thank you, and she was like, "Oh no, I'm the one who like is really you know thankful or something like that," um, which was very. I'm sure she said that. Because <laughs> I got seven hundred million, million dollars, time. baby. Pagula would not respond to me. I was like, "Terry, Terry, <laughs> Terry, <laughs> thank you, thank you, Mr. Terry. Pagula." Didn't even look my way. Doug Whaley, he gave me like a 
I was like, yo, Doug, keep up the good work, man. And he gave me a, he looked back and was like, raises his raised a couple fingers to the air. I, it seems to be that, um, and Russ Brandon did an interview today on WGR. I don't know if any of you heard it. It actually was quite contentious between him and Howard Simon. But it seems to be that at one Bill's Drive, um, feelings are pretty pretty positive right now. I can I can see Doug Whaley being a pretty happy guy right now. I mean, now. they look like they were just all just hanging out, having a good time before the game. Now, you you made the observation that the defense loves each other. Dude. And this is in stark contrast to what Jam and Jeff Day told us when he was watching the team getting on the bus in Minnesota so, about how like nobody was looking at each other. So I have not been to a game uh, where I've seen this since, I would say, Reuben Brown was on the team where like you would have uh well you know Ruben Brown would always do like the raise the roof thing um but whether it was you know every once in a while you'll have somebody on our defense that goes like does like the pump up raises their hand for like the crowd to actually oh, get into it you mean Mikel Roby every single yeah. play and I'm just like he's gonna get burned he's gonna get burned he's so, not paying attention so this time around it was like not only multiple players on the defense that were on the field but also the guys that were on the sideline, just like getting the crowd, uh, you know, pumped up, raising their hands up, and the great thing is the cro- the crowd was responding, and then our players were making plays, and the crowd got even louder. So I love it because you know they're realizing that oh shit, these fans are you know incredible. I mean they know that we're obviously like diehard and everything, but I think I mean it's got to feel good when you've got seventy thousand fans you know, screaming that loud for you. And oh, you yeah. realize that that's something that can come. You can get a lot more of that. You can get a lot better feeling. The more, the more games you win, the more, more plays you make. Cass Suge, a quick report from the bar. He said it, it got kind of rowdy there. Now, were there actually people there? Yeah, I mean, it, it was a sparse crowd. I it mean, was, I mean, every table was full. Eventually. But it, yeah. But it wasn't, it wasn't like the standing it wasn't typical, room only that, but it wasn't you know, typical week 15 oh no no i no, mean usually no, there's no. there's like you know tumbleweed ro- rolling through there oh by week, week 13. 13 yeah exactly. um but uh but no it was it was full um in both sides both sides were full and there's you know a couple green bay fans which i mean green bay fans come on you know the game was televised here in chicago yeah so the only reason you'd come to the bills bar is either you have a friend that's a you know bills fan who's in like town that, you want to watch them together but no, because even then you'd watch it at home. home yeah. You know, yeah, that's like true. so. But no, that there was people that came there, but there was no like dicks. Good. Uh, the only person that was a dick was a Miami fan. <laughs> <laughs> was just having to be, he had nothing bad to say about the Bills, but he was just every play he had a comment about the Miami game, and we're all like, shut up, we're watching it, and he was like not just talking underneath his breath to himself he was talking so that we would hear him and like not start only a conversation us like the entire him. bar would i hear hate him. that guy I, there's like, always that guy who's watching the one tv that nobody else is and he's shouting at it and and and, and, I, and it confuses everybody he usually doesn't go to the station because he goes to uh high tops but he's like high tops is closed so i looked on the street and he's like oh there's a bills bar like in my right mind Living in Chicago with bars on every corner, every Especially street, on that everywhere, yeah. I wouldn't be like, oh yeah, I'm a Miami fan, I'm going to go to the Bills bar. I was like, yeah, that's like freaking that's, idiot. That's like us walking to the station going, huh, station's closed. Oh look, a Miami Dolphins flag. I'll go watch the Bills game there. Yeah. No, I'm going to walk mean, across the street to any of these bars that have the, the Sunday, Sunday ticket, ticket and exactly. just ask them to put it on them. And if they don't, I'm going to go to the place next door and next door to that and next door to that until I can find a place that can watch it in peace. 
I mean, we were we were very nice to him, we were and he very was like literally nice he had like the second table from the front. You know, like he, he was like right directly behind us. Behind oh, him. And then he kept tapping us on the shoulder, like to react to his game. Oh, we're like, dude, nobody cares. Nobody he cares kept about tapping your game. you to talk about his. Yeah, he game. wanted. He thought we were friends. Yeah, but he was by himself. I felt bad for him. I, Cassie was being nice to him. I was being nice. I wasn't encouraging. I, we have you to. I nice. refused to turn around. I continued to yeah. text while he like yeah. talked to me. Well. So. Well, I watched it here with Betty. And the reason I was texting is because I had to fucking respond to, like, the million texts that you were sending. Yeah. Because you refused to come to the goddamn station. And I was really stressed out here. I know, and you would have been, at least you would have had people to celebrate with, cry with, and... It was and awesome. It was awesome. Yeah, I mean, because we, we, were, we were rocking by the end, by really, the end of the we time were. we were there. That, well, I mean, the whole place was filled. Jackie we were... was going back and forth. I was here... And I was like, it was clear that I was getting worked up, and I was like, yeah, but we're only, and this was earlier in the game, and I was like, yeah, we're only up six points, or we're only up eight points, and against Aaron Rodgers, bam, bam, like, that could be one play and done, and in the time that I got up to go and pee, I thought I had time to write, but I got back just after Jordy Nelson dropped what would have been the 95-yard touchdown. Oh, wow. And I was, and I was like, oh, yeah. God, I'm really glad I didn't see that because that was that was my greatest fear come true. Well, Cassie and I also understood the fact that um, when it's the choice between us three and just Cassie and I, that we have to just choose Cassie and I because it was the Jets win, the Jets night win, and then this win. This one, and there, we, there was one, we one, one more share. you weren't just... there for that Suj and I had brought home the victory. So, uh, just <laughs> want to let you know. So we decided you were banned. <laughs> you are, you are banned. Fine. And anytime Sujit and I can show up together, you are banned. So, so you're what, okay for this weekend and what next about, weekend. So when we make it to the Super Bowl, does that mean you and Suj are... No, because we'll all go to that. Cass, we're going to start with you. Uh, every great <laughs> game must also have a bit of negative to it. Who was your Jenny Cremel bummer of Sunday's game? Just say That's it. a really good question. Yeah, just say I it. Would... There's, there's one very obvious well, answer. Well, no, because I'm not going to go there. Because as though he was the bummer, he also didn't do anything that totally lost us the game. So I'm not going to go there. Um, I'm going to say for my bummer of the week. Well, technically nobody lost us the game. Correct. Um, it's very disruptive, God, disruptive when really, you interrupt. Yeah, this is a <laughs> really tough awkward. question. Um, maybe, or maybe I, Stephon Gilmore for dropping what? that. That that ball. Okay. And and for okay. the pure fact, if we we just talked about this. Every time he gets on a player, he's close on a play. He like looks around, wait waiting for the flag. He's like the kid caught in the candy jar. Have we like? Ever, have we ever had a player uh, be both a cream ale and a labat blue? At you were, the same I think time? we're going to today. Yeah, actually. right. So uh, <laughs> hey, I told you I hey. have high expectations for that young man. Okay, does uh, between Suge, Bill, and myself, are any of us going to pick anybody other than Kyle Orton, or do we just want to talk about how bad he was? Why don't Let's you guys talk about how bad, how bad he was? Because you were there, and, yeah. and Bill, one of the most gratifying things that's ever happened in my Bill's existence was to have you text, we cannot get a good evaluation of our offensive coordinator because of how bad Kyle Orton is. <laughs> yep, I did say that. Um, so it's taken me a while to come around to this point, but I'm still, I still, man, every time I see, like, a Chip Kelly, or every time I see one of these... Well, I'm ser- I'm serious. Like, these, but Chip Kelly might. Chip Kelly has won one more game than us this year, and they these might miss coordinators. The yeah, but they have fucking Mark Sanchez. We have fucking Kyle Orton. Yes, and they have the rushing leader from 2013. Our top two running backs have been either injured or 34 all season. Well, and they've also been completely ineffective. We have. This is the worst rushing. Uh, That's what I'm saying. In- they have Lashawn McCoy. We have nothing even shady. Remotely- yeah, Shady they have McCoy. Shady McCoy, and backing him up is Darren Sproles. They have much more dynamic rushers than we do. 
Uh, yes, but we have the same rushers as we did last season, minus C.J. Spiller. Who did nothing last season. <laughs> Who did nothing yeah. last season. And Fred Jackson is one saying, year older. Yeah, one and year older. Fred Jackson older. is still awesome, though. Sorry. Fred Jackson All had right. a hell of a game. So a getting, game. getting back to the point, Kyle Orton Hullover. missed, I mean, you know, he missed multiple receivers that were just, that were just wide open. It hasn't been this. This been the story though all year, and this is why I do get it's really annoyed. It's different when you see the with, entire field. But. but that's why the all twenty twos have consistently showed this year that we have receivers running wide open all over the field, and we don't have quarterbacks throwing them the ball. Yeah, I mean, there's there's the the notion out there that he's being told to be more conservative because they don't want the picks because our defense is so good that you just don't want to make mistakes. That seems you don't counterintuitive them- to me, though. Well, I mean, no, cause because when we be- talked about the first Jets game, right, we talked about how conservative the play calling was, and we were saying that that's the game plan for the Jets because that's the appropriate game plan. So once we've recognized the fact that our defense can do this to anybody, can do it to Peyton Manning, can do it to Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay, then isn't that sometimes, doesn't that become this conservative play call game plan for, for everybody where Kyle Orton is told, do not turn the ball over. And, um, and you he know, didn't, and we won the game. Well, he did once, right? No. Was yeah, that... he threw a pick. Yeah, he threw a pick. Yeah, he threw a pick, and the um... it was inconsequential because our defense is oh, awesome. But I'm glad he threw that ball though, because it was one of those like, oh, was... that's what that's what we're asking him to do. We're asking him to make throw, that throw, throw, the one on one down the, the sideline. Yeah, yeah, he just under. It was it. as good as a punt, is what it, but was. it was. I remember that. But here's the thing: the the underneath pass to robert woods that he missed on a third down to open the second half yeah that was bad and then there was the other play where he tried to hit sammy on a comeback in the red zone that which ended the drive but he had two receivers the all 22 and, short and there was running wide, wide open, open. Yeah. marquise marquise gray one of them and then freddie the other one i mean just wide open yeah. and he's missing these well, guys and and the thing is is the way he's missing him is that they he doesn't anticipate them being wide open where like He'll look, and he needs to trust that that receiver is going to beat his man. And, you know, that the, the separation in the NFL, like the difference between being covered and being open is so small, and you have to just take advantage of the times when you do have that small opening. Well, and having confidence that he can put the ball in that small opening. Yeah. Because I feel like the first few games that he played, he had that like rhythm. He had that timing. Those timing routes were much better than they are now. Well, he would, and he you would, would think that'd be opposite. He also because... threw a pretty bad pick six in his first outing too. Correct, correct. But there, were, I was like, wow, he's coming in first week of like being starter, playing with these guys. And I was like, wow, timing routes don't look that bad. And now I, I would have expected it to only get let better. Me, let me throw, let me throw this out there, which is something that um, is not tactical. Which, again, us or people who played the game, anybody watching the game. Whenever we're talking about tactics, it's all speculation. Here's one thing, though, I think that we can all agree on. Kyle Orton is approximately the same age as a lot of us in this room. He didn't go through training camp, and he has never played, as far as I know, has he ever put together 11 consecutive games? I mean, yeah, could, he, could, he, just, could he just be, did he? Yeah, he did 16 and 13. Before Tebow came? Yeah, but how many years ago was that? Oh, it was, it was a while ago. I mean, I mean I'm not but, saying that he's is, like is, but a seasoned player. But but what I'm what I'm suggesting is, could he potentially be gassed? Could he his arm be tired? His body, his brain, everything just be a little bit gassed? No, he's, he's, he's just, just a bad. Beat, he's just a beat slow. I know, but I'm trying to explain why he wasn't a beat slow in his first couple of starts. And people say, well, because defenses adjust. People game the defenses are now game planning to don't let, not let him do the stuff that he wants to do. 
that he's shown that he has a tendency to do. So now he's having to go to places where he's not as comfortable. I'm suggesting he might be a beat slow because he's just slowing down now getting into December playing these ball games. If he gets any slower, <laughs> we're screwed. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, I honestly believe that he is told you have to. Your job is to protect the ball and score a few points, not to win the game for us. And when he went out, when he started, he was a gunslinger. I mean, there was a lot more throws into tight coverage. Now it's like the only throws into tight coverage are 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 down the sideline. But now he's got guys wide open. So I don't understand why what, like what's the excuse for him missing open receivers or throwing bad well, balls. Well, maybe to he open can't. Receivers? I mean, maybe it's just also Kyle Orton can't we don't know what what where in the progression those guys are, right? Well, and so maybe consistent. he can go to number 1 and number 2 and doesn't have the ability to go to number 3 and number 4. Um And I think the thing is too, it's like this is an ongoing thing, right? It's not like this is the first week this happens. It's not like it's the second week. It's not like it's the third week. So you're sitting in the I mean, how many times can you watch film and can you as a coach say, hey, listen, next time, you know, a guy's one-on-one on the outside, well, throw the ball. No, but unless they're telling him unless not they're to. Telling unless, him not to. Unless they're saying, but you know, you got your first ridiculous. and second. I think that's ridiculous too, Bill. I think that's completely preposterous. I mean, and yeah, I also, think, I also like, think it's preposterous that a guy like Kyle Orton that we have come to understand has a bit of a chip on his shoulder. When, he has, it, when he has the ball in his hands, he's going to be like, fuck that. I'm going to do whatever I want to do. Here's, yeah. here's a question for Bench you. Bench me. I mean, what, what, what's the repercussion for him? He's going to get yelled at by a guy three years older than him? I mean, he doesn't well, care. Fine, he, bench me. You're still paying me $5 million a year. It, what was it? The second quarter or third quarter, he did audible out of something, and then all of a sudden, the sideline was like, nope, don't think so. Time out. Like, not, Are, you're not calling that Orton. Okay, here's a serious question for you. Are we going to trade our entire... A lot of draft picks next year for Ryan Nassib. <laughs> I've wondered this too. <laughs> I would love to see Ryan Nassib in a Bills uniform. Like he's the only one that Hackett knows how, knows how to like work with. And he's been he's been <laughs> doing what they wanted EJ to do, which has been learning under a veteran, a fucking two time Super Bowl MVP veteran. Can we? Ryan Nassim is probably better than any quarterback we have on our roster can, right now. Can we please just have Eli Manning instead? Yeah. I mean, All right. Well, as long as we're taking someone yeah. from the Giants, well, let's not get the two times. This, this is not a cause for finding ways to improve. This is, folks. Ow! We are in the. Betty! <laughs> what are you doing? Betty, bitch. You bitch your foot. Betty. She thought it was a tennis ball. We Betty are on, trying to dig through my feet. We are on the verge of the best record in 10 years. We have a legitimate shot at the playoffs. So let's talk about what there is to be happy about because there is a whole fucking shitload to be happy about right now. Cass, we're starting with you. Who is your Lubat Blue MVP of Sunday's game? Betty obviously has an answer for this one. Uh, my Her defense, her yeah, defense. Yeah. Give her to the um, So um, I'm going to one-up Lars. So I am not going to say Fred Jackson. You're going to give it to Stephon Gilmore. I am. You yeah, totally right. give it to Stephon Gilmore. <laughs> I'm not going to give it to Aaron Rodgers. Uh, he was really our best player out there. Jordy. Um, I am going to, since this is probably my last appearance on a regular season, Buffalo Bills. Okay, because he actually oh earned it this week. Oh I'm giving it to Eric Wood. <laughs> Love you, buddy. Well, Thank the, you. The, and it's made the rounds. Him lighting up Clay Matthews <laughs> yeah, was, it was awesome. pretty sweet. And, that, and here's the thing, Cass. That's why Bills fans love Eric Wood, because he is kind of a badass. He has been exposed... Quite frequently this year, but he's got two bums on either side of him. I hope I hope his best years aren't behind him. I know that centers tend to stay around for a long time in the league, so hopefully we have another six, seven years of Eric Wood to look forward to. 
but that play right there, I mean, precisely why he's a fan favorite in Buffalo, and it's it, there's a reason it's been playing on loop. Wait, it's not because he looks like a Cabbage Patch doll? Uh, Thurman Merman. Uh, okay, uh, Cass or uh, Cass Suge, we're coming over to you now. The bad blue MVP of Sunday's game. I'm going. I'm going. I'm going. I'm going. Mario. Who Cass? There's so for? many. There's I so many great. good players to pick from our defense. Um, but uh, yeah, I I have to go Mario. Um. I, it's not just because of the strip sack. It's also because he played a solid, solid game against the run. But wait, hold he, on. But he let's would pressure people. You know, like I think that. Oh, yeah. Let's talk about the strip sack though. Before Mario Williams was in a Bills uniform, who was the sack champ? At, at, at... Chris Kelsey. No, close. <laughs> Aaron Schobel. <laughs> Aaron Schobel was the king of getting garbage wait, time. Wait, I don't know why we didn't retire his number ninety four. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Garbage time, meaningless sacks. This is two games now, two games that Mario Williams has had game-winning strip sacks. I mean, not only is Mario yeah. Williams and making a big plays. And a blocked uh, field, field goal, goal. Kick. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. So, uh, Suj, I'm with you. I don't mean to cut you off. Please, no, by all fine. means, con- continue singing the man's praises. But not only does Mario Williams make plays, he makes big plays in big situations. And that's what a superstar does. That's what a $100 million man does. Worth yeah, every and, and single penny. What's, what's different Buddy this Nicks. year... What's different this year from last year Buddy, is yeah. that last year, I think he's probably going to end up with fewer sacks than he had last year. Didn't he have like 16, 16 or something yeah. like that? I don't so, know. I think he's got 13 now. Yeah, so maybe maybe he'll have them. But, he, but the he might is, have like four on Sunday. We'll get into that's that. That's true. But, um, but the point is, is that what we felt, at least what I felt last year, was that he would have like four sacks one game and then would be completely absent the next game. This year... Absent-minded. This year, I feel like he's at least consistent. Even that the games when he hasn't had a sack, or the team hasn't had a sack, I still feel like that defensive line is causing pressure and is causing trouble. So, um, you know, that's I just like the consistency. I like the solid play. I definitely like the enthusiasm that he's starting to sh- that he's showing on the uh, on the field. Um, and you know, those 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 guys are having fun playing together. I think that is going to be the biggest part of us keeping this defense together is that I think that they want to continue to play together. I'm, I think I'm, they, they see an opportunity to be elite. And they weren't just talking about, oh, we want to be the best in the NFL. When you hear Aaron Williams or whoever it was talking about it, he said, no, we want to be one of those story defense. We want to be like the Bears. We want to be someone that people talk about for decades. Aaron Williams, who, by the way, got his extension last year over Jairus Bird. Um, and you raise an interesting point. Worth every penny. Is Jerry Hughes, is he as good of a player on a team that doesn't have three locks for a Pro Bowl playing next to him. And does he know this? Will he take a pay cut to continue to play on this Bills line? I mean, the the, the Colts cut him free, but for all we know, he was just as good for the Colts, but he didn't have the talent around him to be able to perform and produce the way he has in Buffalo. Are you telling us we could bring back Mabin and he would have just as much success being with this? Not just as much, but <laughs> Mabin could get like six sacks as the right end on this on this team. Wasn't it disgusting when Mabin got a sack against us? Yes. Mm-hmm. Probably, oh, probably a low moment horrible. in Bill's history. Bill, uh, coming to you now, the Bat Blue MVP of Sunday's game. Hmm. Well, uh, I haven't had I haven't really had time to think about it uh, over the past five minutes. Um, whew. Oh, hey. Doug Marone. Wow! All right, no, you gave him legit. you gave him the Jenny Creamel last week. I did. No, I did. wait, no, no. It was did I, you, it was last week. It was where's the first yeah. Denver? One of the last couple weeks, I definitely gave it to him. Okay. Um. So, you know, I think give credit where credit is due. Um. For listening to this podcast. For listening. Yeah. For listening yeah. to this podcast. So um, all credit be to us. Well, Wuggy Fresh. I think one way or another, 
your head coach and your team is playing, uh, you know, in that type of atmosphere and with that type of enthusiasm, it can only come, so much can only come from within the players. Like there has to be some preparation that goes into it, whether you're saying nothing or you're saying something, whatever it is that he did was a successful, like coaching strategy. So, and let me add this. Uh, I fully agree with what you're saying, but it's completely out the window if we lose to the Raiders. Completely. Oh, yeah. I mean, right. He'll get, the, he'll get Jenny, Jenny Cream. I mean, it, it, everything we're saying about Doug Marone stands to be entirely negated by if, if they lay a turd in Oakland like they did last year in Tampa Bay. I don't think it gets entirely negated, but what happens is, I mean, he, he has solidified his job 100% mm, mm-hmm. for next year. Absolutely. Now, what happens is, if, especially if our offense shits the bed these last two games. Well, our offense is definitely going to shit the bed. Okay, okay but know, all right, let me, let me, let me add I, something here. I think there, so then there's a serious change that needs to be made in order for fans to feel comfortable that the, well, and for us to fucking win games. So last year, our special teams, and by the way, okay, let me just preface with this. My Labatt Blue MVP of Sunday's game is Danny Crossman. We had a punt return for a touchdown. We had a blocked field goal. That's 10 points right there. We took three points off, scored another seven, and had three other field goals. So the kicking team right there accounted for... All of the points. All of the points, yeah. Oh, besides the safety. Besides the safety. Yeah, besides the safety. Okay, 19 points um, plus another another three, taking three off the board. 22 of our 21 points came from the kicking team. Last year, our... Special teams ranked somewhere around 26th, and everybody said, fire Danny Crossman, fire Danny Crossman, and Doug Marone said, no, we have to get him better players to work with. So we went out, we got Corey Graham, we got Colton Schmidt, we got Jordan Gay, and we got Booby Dixon, Three, all guys who were slated to be... And we put and we put starters in there, you know, Brandon yeah. Spikes. So, he, okay, so here's here's what we have now. So, okay, we, we made the personnel additions. So now we have... Well, this According, is one. This is one game, by the way. We have not played great special teams all year. We played our worst special teams game of the year in Denver, and that might have actually made the difference in the game. We went from bottom of the league to top of the league in special teams. Uh, Football Outsiders had their like rankings today. Our defense is number one in the NFL by Pro Football Outsiders metric, whatever that means. And I want to say our special teams was like three, something like that. Oh shit! I'll take that. Two of our three units in the top five. But our offense still lags at 26th. Right now, one of the things we've been clamoring about on this podcast since the beginning is a team without an identity. We have an identity on this team, and that's a defense that goes out and beats the living snot out of our opponent. And I love that. I don't think there's anybody who would trade what we have for an aerial assault team like they have sort of like in Indianapolis or a team that can like put up a lot of points but are kind of soft. And if they run into a bad defense, they're kind of screwed. We we have a team that Kansas is... City. We, well, we have a team that is much more sustainable because we play tough, solid defense. And on top of that, we beat players up. We've been talking about it all year on this podcast. We injure players. The next step I want to see our team make, and I think it's going to be the kind of personnel additions we made last offseason to bolster the special teams, we're going to make this year on the offensive side of the ball. And I was saying this today. I want to be the kind of football team, and I think our coaches do too, because if you combine this with the sort of defense we play 
I'm not fucking kidding. Even with Kyle Orton as our quarterback, we can be a Super Bowl champion. And that is a team who comes out in a jumbo set and everybody, the offense, the defense, the coaches, the cheerleaders, the peanut vendors, and everybody in the stadium knows we're going to run the ball and we still get three to four yards every time. It's the Steelers. It's the Steelers when Ben Roethlisberger was young, right? Where they had Jerome Bettis pounding the rock and they knew you knew they were going to run, but you sure as hell weren't going to stop them. The question is that are you, you going to be able to address enough aspects of the offensive line to do that? Well, here's the thing. I would say that we, ma- we made one piece. Jim Schwartz and Brandon Spikes were the two big additions that got our defense to where it is now. And then a bunch of other guys being a year older. I, is our offense that many players away and that many adjustments away? I mean, we saw what they did last year. They want to be a run-first team. We know that our coaches want to be run-first team. Yeah. I don't think we have the back to do it. We, don't, I don't we think do we... not have a one 100-yard rusher the entire season. Which is insane to me. No, but, I mean, but... that's insane. But the, the thing is, is that we are totally running back by committee. I mean, there's literally that's... three people that get the ball every game. And when CJ was there, it was at least it was three plus one. You know, and so I, we really spread the ball around. But that's here, here's my question. On Sunday, when the running backs were asked to run the ball, they did a hell of a job, in my opinion. They were picking up... Three, four yards across the board. Yeah, I mean, people are going to plus. And, but people want to hate on Nate Hackett, but he has done a good job of setting up play action with jumbo sets and doing other things, misdirections on run plays and things like that to keep the defense on their heels. I want to see we had third and one to start the game. We came out in a jumbo set and we couldn't get one yard. And I don't. I want a football team who will pick up one, two, three yards like it, like it's nothing. And I don't care if you put all 11 players on the defense two yards from the line of scrimmage. We're going to plow ahead and take take those one or two yards like it's ours like it's ours to begin yeah, with. Yeah, I mean, I think everybody would want that. No team wouldn't want that. But the fact that I think we can't do it. get it right now. We can't do it and now. And so we shouldn't call the damn play right now. When everyone's expecting us to run up the middle and we have, they have defenses all in the box, minus maybe one person, and we're all clustered up together... We're never successful that way because our our interior linemen minus Eric Wood, our interior linemen are JV. I won't so disagree with that. You just can't do that. Okay, like, that's fine. But I trust our general manager Doug Whaley yeah. that we'll, we'll find the pieces that we will be able to do that. And I think if we can for 2015 have a team that can consistently do that and not have to lean on its quarterback, the sky is the limit for this team. So would yeah, you would I mean, you would you rather see us? Focus our int- attention on uh, improving the offensive line versus improving the quarterback position. Yes, yes, yes. I would actually. So I, I, I have Be- because Bill, uh, there, you can you can pick up four players to improve two positions, and one of them might pan out, but you can still do that in an off season. You can't pick up four quarterbacks and hope that one of them pans out. Oh, that's what I was thinking we should do. <laughs> I mean, we... Okay. I mean, we, 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 we'll we have to agree to fucking throw in, throw in six guys. Yeah, and be like, I, I mean, all right, guys. Our first draft pick One of you's got to pan out, Our right? first draft pick next oh, year is a second-round draft pick, right? And our... We picked a second-round guard last year. And it's probably going to be in the 50s. And, and he was supposed to be a first-round... Oh, what? Didn't we pick a, a guard in the second round? Was no, it? tackle. You don't want to oh, that was uh, Cujo was this uh, was it yeah, was, was a tackle. Right. Oh, so, so Cyril was a fifth round. Never so mind. I have a question: Do you guys think that Kyle Orton purposely sucks because it's so much fun watching our defense out there? Sometimes I wonder. 
No, so that's that's what I'm getting at. I, I don't know that. I mean, he's he puts up good numbers, and it's so funny. I was looking at Eli Manning's numbers this year, and he's he's actually pick, fuck numbers. Picked it up. He's actually picked it up pretty well the last couple of games. Unless they mean points, and they're literally the exact same as Kyle Orton's, minus like the number of games that they've played. Except Manning's thrown for a couple, you know, has thrown for more yards, but you know the the yards per per pass attempt is like six point seven versus seven point one. Is or is like it was off by like point three. Um, and obviously he's attempted a lot more, um, so their overall his yardage is higher. But the the ratio of TDs to interceptions is very similar. And I think, yeah, man, I would love to get Eli Manning. I love. Is our view as Bills fans? Is our view of what other quarterbacks look like and what other quarterbacks are on a regular basis because we face a damn Tom Brady on a regular basis? Or do we just have a very skewed view of what? An, a, an well, average good quarterback does. I think to answer your question, yes, but at the same time, Kyle Orton is not one of the top twenty quarterbacks in the NFL. And if we had a top fifteen quarterback, we'd be ten and four right now. I mean, it just shows you what the what what the what the number how badly the numbers can lie because you know his numbers are comparable to a lot of good quarterbacks. The only thing is that I guess the, what is it the pass Kyle Orton has also set a record for most pass attempts by a Bills quarterback of all time. I mean. They have had to lean on him heavily this year. When they don't, when we know they don't want to, we know that they want to run the ball, and yet they're having to have Kyle Orton run the offense. And, and I have to believe that's not what they want. Yeah, and I mean, I think that part of it is a, a lack of discipline in terms of play calling to to not stick with that run, to have some faith that yeah, it's going to go. You know, it, it's fine. They scored a touchdown. We still got to do this. We might go three and out, but. We got to stick with it, that that type of thing. But no. they were, they were know, doing people, that at the beginning of the season. Then we it, got, it, it was not It pretty. pissed it's everybody not, off. It was not working, and then we were calling for Hackett's head. And But so, I mean, so it's got to be one way or the other. It's got to be maddeningly stubborn, or it's got to be you just abandon it, you know? Um, I, I, I think that I'm worried about letting Kyle Orton run this office, even with a strong line, because my concern now is I feel like he's seeing ghosts where yeah, he's he sacking is. himself on a regular basis. He learned um, that from Tony Romo. Yeah, it's it's absolutely a Romo play. But also, if if they are if the, if my my statements from earlier in the podcast are true that they they've, are they've neutered him, they're um, not. <laughs> if, 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 neutered like li- they literally, literally they, neutered. They, him? they cut off his balls. Really? Yeah. yeah. Wow. Why would they do that? Because they don't want him to have balls. <laughs> They just don't want him to have them. I just, okay, okay but from, this, from, I coming have been from a going, man that doesn't have balls, uh, it does not affect you that much. And I have been going back and forth all week <laughs> on this point. You are trying to kill your old fiance, aren't you? I, Crazy. I am. I am just. I am not convinced of this whatsoever. Like I, it just. It seems utterly preposterous to me. It I just. Really I does. don't feel like. I don't see any of the like high risk throws anymore. I think that's why I feel that way. Um, I don't see him just. You know, digging away and and trying to, you know, make a play happen, trying to extend a play. Trying this to shit's getting boring. In. Well, he doesn't extend a play because he's not a mobile quarterback. Like Kyle Orton is the worst like, quarterback we've Tom had Brady in five years. Tom Brady ran for seventeen yards on Sunday, and he looked like an Olympic sprinter 
compared to Orton as like a 94-year-old grandmother with a walker. Well, no, but just because you're not mobile doesn't mean you can't extend plays. You know, it doesn't, I mean, he, he moves up in the pocket and then he sacks himself as opposed to moving up in the pocket and then continuing to look for receivers. Ben uh, Roethlisberger is not. Moving up in the pocket, he just doesn't do it. That's what I'm saying. He's not mobile. No, he moved up in the pocket and then sacked himself this week. I'm, so I, Roethlisberger I'm is not the most mobile of guys either, but he extends plays. Okay, let me ask you this. Do you think that the book has been closed on EJ Manuel? No. No. No, but we won't see him this season. No. No. No, we shouldn't. Well, we won't. No, we can't. <laughs> unless unless we're down unless we lose and by the way, we're not we're not doing an Oakland Raiders segment in this podcast because there's no point. We're going to beat them or the season's going to end. It's going to be one of two scenarios. There's there's no gray area here yeah. and we and we should crush them. And we don't know much about the Oakland Raiders to have there's any sort of intelligent conversation. They suck. They're one of the worst <laughs> The one thing in the NFL. I want to know is does anyone know anything about Derek Carr because you know, I think the one interesting part of the The one the, thing I know about Derek Carr is he's the best rookie quarterback right now in the NFL. Right. And so my question, the interesting point I want to talk about with the Raiders is that Isn't what are they going to do with the number 1 pick? Yeah. yeah, David Carr was David his brother. Mm. What are they going to do with the number one pick? Man, wonder Ooh. what kind of car the they have. <laughs> I have no idea. I don't know who's coming through. Because they're not, they're not picking a quarterback, right? No, they no, don't. there's no way. But, I don't, but there's I don't, no I don't quarterback know. to take with a number one pick, and there's there's no reason for us to trade our picks to get up there and get it. Oh no 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 no! I, I completely agree. I just think it's fascinating to be the but, Raiders. But, hold on, let me get back to EJ Manuel for a second. So unless we drop this game to Oakland, improbably this weekend. And then are down forty nothing at halftime in New England. He's not seeing the field for the rest of twenty fourteen. No, I mean he wouldn't see it either way, right? Because even, even if he lost this game, yeah. Why would you? Why would you stick him in in the last? Because they can see. Oh yeah, no, yeah. They, they would say well, yes, but but still, why would you? What? Why would because you? Because you're reps. You give him reps. Yeah. We're we're afraid. See what you got. One hundred percent. Gonna get hurt. No, I would I would put him out. No, there no, you definitely. No, you, you know, EJ will got. definitely see time if we're if we're getting crushed. If we lose to Oakland, yeah. No, so see, if, if we if we beat if we win this weekend like we should, EJ will not see the field against the Patriots. So Correct. I think even if he, if he does, because I think that you get a false idea of what your quarterback can do because the. the at the you do the get Patriots a, you do defense get a, will be completely uh, different if they're up by forty. Yeah, but then, so will but, our team. but any. Every rep, well, yeah, is, we'll every be... rep in, a, in an NFL game is a good rep because because that rep is going to be better than a preseason rep. And so well, by that rationale, know, we never should have benched him. They but they also want to see him run the huddle, run the offense. Didn't he play th- three games? Yeah, three but games? we should have Hold never. On. If our interest was in eventually developing EJ and that Kyle Orton is not our no. long term answer, then then we should have never benched EJ. No, they. Right? I d- mean, the whole plan. We and Whaley win. has said this. Well. Well, right. So that's I mean that's the trade off. Win now, right? But they want to win now. But they they've been very clear. They signed Kevin Cobb as the guy who was supposed to mentor EJ Manuel. He had a lost rookie season because he didn't get that. Right. And if they come in now, this I, you guys are having your little sidebar. I was trying to say it. If EJ comes in, they're gonna want to see him run the huddle. Conduct himself on the sideline and be a professional quarterback. There's a lot more to playing the position than going out there taking snaps and dropping back the throw and handing the ball off. They and Doug Whaley said as much this year. He said it several times. Like we needed to see more from EJ on a week to week basis and how he was managing the team and being a team leader. And while he's a nice guy and everybody likes him and he says and does all the right things, he's not quite frankly, he's not mean enough. He's, he's not, a pussy. Yeah. A little bit. And I think and I think But guess that, what? A smart 
pussy. Yeah, and I think that he's learned well, from so Kyle that, Orton. So that, I don't like, know about that. I don't know how smart this kid is. Oh, There's, he's very smart. All of the all of the reviews of him in 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 college were that you know he's he's a, a little bit slow to grab onto a playbook. He's a little bit slow to what? read the defense. No. Yes, it was. It's about him being slow to take up a playbook. To, to take up a playbook in, in the way that you can actually execute it. Okay, well... Okay, well, whatever. I mean, it's, it's splitting hairs, but... You can't execute but, this podcast, bitch. He's not... <laughs> he's not known as one of these guys that can dissect a defense instantaneously. He never was asked to do that in Florida State. And there's... He th- had a very simplistic there's offense There's four in guys State. in the NFL right now who can. Yeah. Well, no, but I think that, I mean, you could look at... You could look at... Trent Edwards and even Ryan Fitzpatrick as players that can probably do a better job reading defenses, but just can't execute anything. Now, E.J. Emanuel's got all this, the physical skills in the world. Yeah, but he's but got maybe a lot to doesn't. Learn. Yeah, he's, it's right. No, he's I, a I, project. I, we we draft him as a pro, we draft him get, as a project. The, the, like to... the reason this discussion started is because Bill said that every rep is useful. And every rep, sh- you know, is, is a rep that the person should and I, have. And so. I supplemented it by saying it's not about dropping back and taking passes. It's about being a professional, running the offense, making those reads, getting that stuff down. That's what they need to see from him. And if it means if the season's lost, they're going to put him in there to see yeah, if he can do so it. It's so hard to do that when you've literally lost your season and all the players there are like, fuck, we yeah. just lost our season. Okay, like, but yeah, how, how much is that going to actually season, prove I'm to done. anybody? But yeah. Bill, how much is it going to prove if Kyle Orton's in the game? And Bill, like, nothing, nothing but you shat this bad gave his, in it, you know? Bill gave his bad blue MVP to, to Doug Marone because he sets a tone, he, he has high expectations, so no. Doug Marone, if that's the case, and we believe that Doug Marone is a leader of men, he's going to pull everyone aside and say, Folks, season's lost. You're all professionals. You're being paid to be here. We're going to go out and play our hardest. We're going to do what we can to get a win, and we're going to execute, and we're going to come back in six months and do this again and figure out a better way to, to get it done. But and Kyle Orton's our quarterback, so get back in there. So, okay. I'm that's, looking, the, that's the I, conversation, I conversation that's going to be had. It's not going to be like, oh, yeah, well, the game's over, so let's put EJ in. Guys. It's going to be, we're going to continue to fight. This is the team all we're right, game all right, maybe, for, maybe, so. maybe. Well, hopefully we don't have to find out. Cause as we're going to fucking beat the shit out of the Patriots. We're going to lose. I think we're going to, too. We're gonna, I don't want to talk about that until next beat, week. We're going to lose to the fucking Raiders, and then we're going to beat the Patriots. Dude, everyone's going to be pissed and confused and excited about next season. That would be so Bills. That would be so Bills. So I'm, I was I was sort of midstream here trying to look up um, what EJ Manuel's Wonderlick score was. And I'm and I'm just uh, I saw like Marquise Gray in there. Uh, Marquise. Mark Marquise Marquise Mar- no Marquise Marquise Maqua. Nice And I'm just I'm just wondering how did we make it through the Bad Blue Player of the Week without mentioning Rambo? Oh. oh, or like Figgy, or Doug Whaley for that matter, or Figgy, because the the, the, the guy, but the Rambo, two, but the dude. two guys who made the three biggest plays, his two picks, and the fucking punt return for those are guys who were not on our team six weeks ago. I think my that's f- our GM going out and getting talent and finding guys who can make plays so you can beat the best team in the fucking NFL. Did you guys hear? Uh, I don't know if, if this was part of his actual pre- post game press conference or whether it was part of just like an interview after the game, but they were talking to Rambo. You know about like his preparation and everything. Did you, did you guys no. listen to this? No. Okay, it was, I think it was on WGR. Oh, Maybe he, he was just he, he's with uh, what's his face? John Murphy. No, 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 no. Anyways, no. tell the yeah. story. So okay, so he was talking about. He's like, he's like, yeah, man. You know, I've just been really focusing this, this you know, this this past week on just like got my iPad at home and I'm just, you know, I'm just I'm just watching tape and just watching tape and you know, 
uh, playing Call of Duty and watching tape and watching <laughs> tape and playing Call of Duty. <laughs> well, yeah. He, so he went to Georgia. Okay? okay. So a big SEC school. And I and there was a guy. It was like so brutally honest that it was fantastic. But I think it was a guy who called it a WGR who said, I, I live down here in Georgia. I, I've watched this guy play all through college. He's a gamer. Like this doesn't really surprise me. He was one of those guys who... Who always seemed to show up on game day, but then sort of fell beneath the radar in the NFL, and boom, now he's a Buffalo Bill and showed up on game day. Are you gonna ignore the whole Call of Duty part of Bill's statement? Well, yeah, so, a... I thought that was the most entertaining <laughs> I mean, part. He's twenty-two. No, but you know what? The the guy he obviously did study tape because he said that on those two interceptions, he said. You know, we studied the tape, and we had all communicated with each other that oh, this route is going to come up, Execution. and this route, this route is going to come up, and this route is, you know, he's going to cross here, and we have an opportunity to jump that route. So we made sure that we had the coverages and the checks that we needed, and I could just make a play on the ball. He's like, I was in a great position at the right time. And Marone said the same thing. He's like, yeah, it's great to have a position per player in the right position at the right time, which I thought was kind of dick. Cause I, Holy I shit. Marone actually... What? All right, what? You found the Wonderlick. EJ Manuel has a 28 on the Wonderlick. Yeah. Johnny Manziel, 32. What? Yeah. Well, so, so first off, wait, what? Uh, Ryan Nassib, 41. <laughs> <laughs> wait, EJ was only 28? 28. I'm telling you, he's not the brightest kid. I, dude, I think I got like a fucking 10 on that, though. It's yeah. hard. It's because it's general knowledge, and you don't know shit about shit. That's true. <laughs> I know like, a lot cultural about... Cultural references fly over your head like crazy. Yeah, but it's not cultural references, bro. All right. You, uh, who was that woman's name you mentioned? That actress that we were supposed to, the obscure actress from the 1980s? Laura Linney? She's not that obscure. Uh, Molly Ringwald? Molly Ringwald, <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Molly Ringwald no, not dude, dude, Stop talking. You're embarrassing yourself. Yeah, if you, if, Molly <laughs> Ringwald. If you're going to refer to Molly Ringwald as a... As, yeah, you know who she sounds like? She sounds like one of those women that was on the uh, uh, Olympics team in the 80s. Well, she wasn't. She was, like, really popular. Okay. Dude. All right, we've completely gone Candles off the rails. Breakfast Club. Uh, Never seen worry. either of those movies. Does, is anybody... Is, does Take anybody, care of it. Does anybody have anything to add regarding the old Geno Smith got a 24. <laughs> before, we move, before we move into wild garden predictions. What a cow. I just... Get? I think I pretty high. want... The Bills Why, he's white? to destroy them, and I'm not just saying because I that want them to. I want them to have been invigorated by this win. I agree. Okay, all right. Let's get into wild card and predictions. <laughs> Praise him. Well, every episode must come to an end. This episode is no different. So that brings us to the wild card portion of today's episode. It's the wild card. And while this is Bills and Beers, and while we talk about Bills, we also do so while drinking beer. And uh, once again, we've had quite the array uh, of beers to consume this evening. And in case you don't know the word array, for those of you who are not on Lars's vocabulary, that means quite a variety. We had the Carlsberg Pilsner, which is what I'm drinking now. It's a nice, it's a nice crisp. Uh, yeah, it's a nice crisp Pilsner. We also had a. A Pilsner Urquell. No, it's not misused. Uh, that Sue just drinking right now. Uh, Urquell. We ha- we had a uh, we had a two- we had a two X IPA from the good people at Southern Tier. Do you know where that is? Uh, it's in Indiana, isn't it? I uh, know it's Lakewood, bro. It's that outside of Jamestown. That's a oh, local beer. Dude, I I always confuse that. You're yeah, right. It's okay, yeah. I mean, yeah. You are a homosexual man. 
Um, and then Bill brought over this. Bill, I don't know where Bill finds these, but this was actually quite tasty. The Clown Shoes Galactica, <laughs> which has has a bottle just as absurd as its name, which is a uh, looks like a female clown dressed as a hop. Uh, and using a hop baton similar to those on American Gladiators, wearing clown shoes and doing a flying Liu Kang kick through the universe. Um, so yeah, the Clown Shoes Galactica IPA, quite on point. Uh, also delicious. And then Suge drank the last of my uh, Schinnerbach or Shinerbach, however you want to say it, Holiday Cheer, which was, was a delicious, delicious, very difficult beer to come by in 2013. Sorry. Bill gave me a heads up that it was at the liquor store that used to be close to where I uh, lived not too long ago, so I promptly made it down there. It is a peach and pecan flavored holiday beer from the good people of Shinerbach. And you said there was one other you drank? Yeah, we had, um, uh, is it Two Brothers, Cain and Abel? Oh, yeah, okay, a standby. Solid. Now, let me me ask you a question. Why is there Michelob Ultra in your fridge right now? Uh, and that, there's a practical answer to that because my wife Jackie uh, likes to drink beer. And, Love you, Jackie. And likes to have one on a regular occasion. And was like, you know, this is stupid. I keep drinking these heavy beers. I just I like see. to drink beer, so like I want to have something cheap and I see. and not calorie acceptable. Yeah, that's that's precisely why we have it. Um, so all all good labels. Let's start brewing our own beer. Bills and beers. Ale. Bills and beers? Let's I look. just learned from my neighbor how to brew it. He like showed me everything how to, you need to do to... Look for that in the iTunes store soon. If or the liquor store. If you're over Bills 21... Bills and beers, ale, baby. Please enjoy all the aforementioned logos. If you're under 21, ask your parents first. So, Christmas right around the corner. Um, I don't know if we'll get back together for Christmas. Like I said, this is the last regular season podcast that we'll have in 2014. Uh, well, in 2014 in general, for the 2014 season. But with Christmas in the air, we always do a wild card portion um, relevant to no Christmas. Different. No, this is no different. So this week's question, and help me out because now I'm kind of – so this is a – if you had to pick a player and give that player a what gift, gift. What Christmas gift would you give to what player? So you have to pick the gift and pick the player. Cass – you look like you're eager to weigh in here. Oh, goodness. No, I... I what I, would you get Eric Wood I'm for Christmas? I'm going to give Eric Wood myself. <laughs> <laughs> Shut uh, up. I'm a married I, woman. I, I yeah, like Eric, that would make a difference. I want Eric, Eric Wood, Wood to have the entirety of my being. I'd probably give a tricycle. A tricycle. That's like what those little kids use, right? Not necessarily. Yeah. A tricycle to Booby Dixon and just see him ride around what? on that thing. Cause it'd be fun. Now Suge is mad because he was going to give a gift to Booby Dixon. I'm still giving my goddamn gift of Popeye's chicken to Booby Dixon. <laughs> this man had a whole song about the Popeye's chicken talking about, what was it? He's like, down Turns with him pa- on. getting with Popeye's chicken on. Nah, Booby D. <laughs> this Popeye's chicken in my kitchen turned me on. <laughs> Booby D. I mean, this man, I honestly, Booby, you know I love you. You are actually now my he favorite is. new Bill. He's he's because um, you're all heart and you're yeah. so and you're actually incredibly talented. And you you keep the players light. You yeah. keep them loose because you keep them laughing. He's, God damn it! You do the job that I do in my job. So he is uh, flying up the the fan favorite power rankings, and that is for damn sure. 
So Cass, we'll come back to you. Yeah. So we got Bill and Sue both both uh, regaling Booba Dixon with gifts. Who Booba D. Who the name is Booba D. So um, my pick is going to go. I'm stressing. It's ridiculous. I just saw it. My pick is going to go to Lee Smith. Booba D on track. Excuse me. Booba D on a track or not. Hey, Sorry, Carl. Hey, feels... Please, Cass, continue. So you... I'm going to choose Lee Smith, and I'm going to give him a bunch of steroids. Oh, Jesus! So, no, 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 no. Because what's the one game after Christmas? Patriots. He's Boxing gonna day. then oh. roll out on the field, even though he plays offense. He's going to come out with the defense, and he's gonna, and kill he's Tom gonna Brady. murder Tom Brady, and that would be. It's a selfish gift because it's really a gift for me, but that's what he I'm going to do. No, he gets into psychosis, right? But he's still got all the keys to the Bill Stadium. Oh, no, wait, shit, they're playing in New England. Yeah. He's going to find a way, and he's going to sniper him. Yeah, I'll take that, too. Because he's, he's going to be cut from the team because he's, like, literally lost his mind. <laughs> yeah. But he's going to find his way back. Someone's going to be like, oh, Lee, you're back. Just come stay in this room. He's like, all right, I just need help. I just want to stay. But it's all part of his plan. He's going to go up in the rafters with a goddamn sniper rifle and kill. No, he's, he Tom can Brady. actually no, he's steal gonna... one of the, the rifles from the, the losers who sit on the sidelines. It's going to be like the last soldiers. Boy Scout. He's going to go running down the field just <laughs> shooting everybody. He is a maniac. Oh, I hope Mary fucking Obscurity is going to be there. So I'm giving mine. You guys. You, Whoever that actress is, you guys are talking about. Molly Ringwald? Stop. You're sounding dumber and dumber every time you say it. You guys are going to hate this, but I'm going to give my. I'm going to give a bottle of bourbon and cigars to Kyle Orton. <laughs> I was thinking that. No, I was, it was, Kyle Williams. It was, no, it was Kyle Orton. It was going to be a haircut. But, in, oh, nice but instead, I'm going to give. I'm going to give. The will to sign a cheap contract to Jerry Hughes and Brandon Spikes. Oh, I'm going to wow. give it to two people. Wow, that was really sweet. Yeah. Okay, now pick a real one. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I honestly, I can't think of a good one. Um, I'm going to give a, I am going to give a pair of Michael Jordan high tops to Mike Williams because he has to have something to keep his dignity intact. Machine Ferris Bueller? I think the couple million dollars is probably adequate. Yeah, probably. We're All not right. having to do anything this year. So let's transition to predictions. Yeah, um, uh, Bill, we'll start with you. Worst case, best case scenario for the Oakland game this Sunday. Um, worst case scenario, we lose the game uh, 28 to 27. <laughs> Heartbreaking. Um, yeah, oh, man. We're, oh. It's going to be depressing. 28-27? Yeah. You think if we score 27 points, we're going to lose to them? All I'm saying, yeah, man. Just let him go with all it. I'm He's saying, just saying that we lose by a small margin. Yeah. Just change it to 21-20 and we're going to be happy. And then the best like case scenario is we win the game 28-23. to 23. Okay. All right, Suj, you go because you clearly have ideas about this. Dude, this is not going to be the blowout that you're expecting it to be. All right, all right. But now that we have you on record saying that. the best and worst case scenario. The best and worst case scenario is that we are going to repeat our record win against the Oakland Raiders. 51-3? to 51-3. That's the best case scenario. Worst wow, case scenario like is, yeah, like along the lines of what you're saying, 10-7. to 7. No, because we're definitely not scoring a touchdown. If we yeah. Win. It's going to be, th- yeah, you're right, three to fucking nine. Yeah, no, that's nine. that's exactly what I'm saying. I'm, I'm saying worst case scenario, we don't score a touchdown and lose like 10 to six. 
and it, we just can't get it going. The offense is flat. Defense can't get anything going, and they score a touchdown on like a pick six or a fumble return, or, or they just keep scoring like like field goals on on turnovers from the yeah. offense that are already within. So field it's like twelve range. to six, or Ugh. or fifteen to six, or like twenty to six, something like that. And, and yeah, it's they keep getting field goals because we keep turning the ball over. With that would, 20 that yards behind be us. That would be the worst. Definitely. Best case scenario, I'm going to one-up you and say we're going to break the record and it's going to be 54 to okay. zero. Granted, wow. this, is, this is a team that lost That's, 50. Dude, they lost 50. Absurd. They lost 52 to nothing to the Rams two weeks ago. This team can be fucking whipped. Absolutely. And the Rams do not have our defense. And the Rams don't even have our offense. Try to wrap your head around that for a second. Um, no, that's not true. Name four players for the Rams offense right now. That doesn't matter, Lars. Yes, absolutely does. Sean Hill. One. <laughs> Sam, <laughs> Sam, <laughs> Sam Bradford. I guess that counts. It counts. Did not specify. Okay. I think my point has been well made. Cast best case, worst case scenario. Based on extenuating circumstances, I cannot provide a worst case scenario at this point. Okay. Nor best case scenario. What? Oh, she. There's just there. There could be some additional influences on the game that would affect me potentially more greatly than the Bills winning. So, with that being said, what does Jay I, have like fifty four thousand dollars? No, 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 no. I just neglect. I will. I will not say an opinion. At this, well, you point. have to give some. But the Bills. The, the Bills aren't in any of your. I'll, I will discuss once the podcast is over. Can we hit pause, please? She's in an illegal uh, yeah, fucking drugs. Okay, listen. Cassie is the madam of a nationwide ring of <laughs> Asian massage parlors. and <laughs> Who they, are, are located in the Bay yeah, Area. And, and their headquarters is actually underneath the Coliseum. Ah, that makes sense. And so if there's too much noise and people are too angry, then... They may down. get raided. But she knows for sure that each and every one of the Raiders starting 22 is getting a rub and tug right. on Sunday. And so. that's the reason why they're so soft is because they've been going before the game yeah. rather than after the game. After the game. Right. Because once up this little girl named May started working there. Okay, sorry. All right, well, this has been an invigorating podcast. Uh, by the way, have you noticed that there's like 17 different Asian massage parlors around your house? Yeah, I know. Yeah. He's like, I know. <laughs> yeah. I've been to all of them, baby. <laughs> uh, Billsandbeers.com, best way to find us. Tell everybody you know in Bills Nation how you found this podcast and, sus- and subscribe on iTunes. This is the final uh, podcast with the crew here for the 2014 regular season. Uh, final We're not one. doing anything next week? Uh, we're all going to be in uh, Parts Unknown. Unless unless we find okay, a way I'm going to record my own, bitch. The surge, the surge is coming to you. Hey, surge, baby. You're, you're going to get Booby, actually, to join I'm you. I'm straight up. Dude, you I'm going to call Booby on the phone. If you can get Booby, yes, please please do so. Uh, be the first Booby you've got in a year. We're going to be watching the game separate, which means we'll be texting each other like crazy. I think we're all very confident about it. I'm feeling good about it. And guys, we're gonna, we can get to nine wins. Nine wins. We haven't been here in ten fucking years. We this is 2004, <laughs> and we won nine football games. Wait, what can are I, you do it this weekend? Can I uh, 
piss on our parade for just a second. We even won eight games. No, 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 you no, can't. You doesn't can't. this really remind you nope. of the... Um, no, the, it doesn't. The Steelers win an in scenario? No. The Steelers, you know, no, like, I'm we not had this kind of asshole, no. offensive-minded coach, but our offense wasn't that great. No, but and... I will be definitely doing some scoreboard watching. Uh, yeah, oh, oh, so yeah. that's the other thing, too. So go Niners, go Broncos, go Steelers. Uh, who's the fourth one? The, 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 the NFC the, the, North has me. It's so screwed up, I can't even. No, it's the, the, so the, uh, whoever's the, playing Baltimore. The Niners on Saturday. Houston. Houston. Yeah, so Houston. it's the Niners on Saturday. Houston over Baltimore, and then Pittsburgh, and then Denver over Cincinnati. I believe. It have is. we figured out who yeah. we want to win the NFC uh, or AFC North? Doesn't matter. Yeah. We want those four teams to win on Sunday and Saturday with with San Fran. So, <laughs> if you're listening to this podcast, cheer, cheer for the Bills, cheer for those teams. On behalf of Cassie, Bill Belcher, Sujit, and the long forgotten Jam and Jeff Day, I'm Lars. Go Bills. Hey, girl. Let's go, Buffalo. Let's go, Buffalo. Let's go, Buffalo. The Bills make me wanna shout.